0: That's why I was put on this planet, to convert people to to, light gin, so Susan, you are going to be converted tonight.
1: Hello, and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. Imbibe Innovator of the Year 2017. Wow. Leon Dalloway, our guest today, won that title by teaching those who are willing to listen all about gin. Lucky for us, he's a natural-born storyteller and can't stop talking about why he loves it so much.
0: I fell in love with probably cocktails and spirits first as a whole.
1: Before gin. Before
0: gin, yeah. I was a bartender in quite a few fun bars in Manchester. And while I was working in those bars, I was being creative with different spirits. Fell in love with creating cocktails. And I've always loved the service industry and providing a unique, fun, bit of service for someone just to have a better better day basically and from that I got into learning about spirits learning about telling stories about spirits and then I started working for a gin company Um, I learned about the history of gin and I learned how connected it was with the history of Britain, of England, and of London. And then after moving to London, um, I kind of saw it firsthand—the gin renaissance happening, right, you know, right now, right when it was uh, back in the day. And I thought, you know what? I want to tell this story. I want to um, put something fun to it, show people a good time. And uh, the history of gin is pretty rock and roll. It's pretty tumultuous. It's, its up, it's down. So it's a fun story to tell. Um, and it also tastes pretty good too
1: (laughs) now were you from Manchester?
0: I'm from Leicester. You're from Leicester? Yeah, I'm from Leicester. So I'm from the Midlands, then I went up north. Um, I went to pretend to study, but I never really studied. Um, I was the proper king of the dropouts. Um, what were you then, supposed to
1: pretend to study? Oh,
0: I, was, I, I turned up to do sociology, but yeah, I don't think I really attended whatsoever. Um, and I was just enjoying having fun in Manchester, bartending, trying kind to of finding my way. How Started, come
1: you decided on bartending?
0: Um, it kind of found me. It was the first place to get me a job in Leicester in a little Cuban bar called Dos Amanos uh, which is just down the road from where my mum still lives now and we used to churn mojitos down there and it was always I, was, I thought I was pretty good at it. Um, I was good at the service side making people laugh, being, being quick kind of. Um, and it was a fun job, so I just continued doing it everywhere I went, you know, I wasn't a career bartender from the moment I started, no chance, but then I kind of realized I was getting, I was getting pretty good at it, you know, the drinks I was making were, were pretty tasty, I started winning these competitions, uh, which are amazing platform for bartenders, I'm sure I only told you yesterday that, you know, as a bartender you're not getting paid much money, but then all of a sudden a brand says, well, if you win our competition, we'll fly you to Mauritius, and uh, that's a nice incentive, right? So, uh, well, what was your
1: first competition? The
0: first comp I won was a trip to Japan actually, to Tokyo. Yeah. And what drink did you make? So that was called a smoker's paradise and it was a whiskey drink and it was supposed to be a molecular drink so it played on all the elements of smoke. So it was smoke whiskey, I made a homemade smoked salted um, almond syrup. A bit of grapefruit juice, bit of bitters, um, and then I smoked it with a smoking gun. This is when smoking guns were still cool. Right. <laughs> and
1: you got to go to Japan.
0: Uh, I got to go to Japan, yeah. They flew me to Japan. I had a week there. Um, it was a pretty rad trip. It was uh, yeah, pretty amazing. And when you
1: wanted, did you think, OK, I've got the nap for this. This is something that I could do for the rest of my life? Um,
0: yeah, still I was thinking I'm getting better at this. I still didn't see kind of my future and what it was that I wanted to do because I knew I couldn't bartend for the rest of my life. To, my back wasn't good enough for it, and uh, my knees. So I was like, oh, I maybe don't want to do this. But I wanted to share my passion, and I definitely, I always wanted my own thing. You know, one of my best friends said, it, I used to say it with all confidence, and he thought, what the hell do you want about that? I was going to have my own, my own business, and it would all be good. Um, but you I didn't, didn't know, know what it, then? it didn't know what it was going to be um, until I moved to London,
1: well, and me- until sorry, go on. No, no, I'm sorry, didn't know. No. Um, what made you come
0: down? Downtown? Well, that was uh, I was with the girlfriend at the time. Uh, we didn't work out, but I scored a job in the distillery. So it's quite funny. I was on the phone to her and sat next to a friend of mine, and she was like, Oh, you know, I've got this place in London, I'm going to take it. She's like, Are you going to be able to get a job? I was like, Well, wow. um, probably, I'm sure I'll be able to sort it somehow, put the phone down, the guy sat next to me goes, I'll give you a job, and I go, alright man, call her back, and then I'm like, I've got a job, <laughs> and that was me starting working a gin distillery, um, just like that, um, so I started working at the City of London Distillery for the London Bar Consultants, and while I was with them, um, I was looking at different things to do, cool events and whatnot, and then um, I stumbled across, well, I was doing gin events for a couple of years before that.
1: Was that your first intro to... Um,
0: my mean, first other intro. Than, other than as a bartender. So my first intro was being a brand ambassador in Manchester for Martin Millers, oh, okay. um, and they gave me a lot of freedom for that role um, and let me do a lot of cool stuff, which gave me the passion for events and putting on my own events and seeing that I could sell tickets and there was, uh, you know, there was a way. Social media, the new way of being able to, you know, tell people, tell the world about what you're doing for free, was amazing and being able to sell tickets off a pretty basic platform was gave me the inspiration to then go do it myself. So Martin Miller's let me do lots of food pairing evenings and kind of gave me the confidence to, to host a room, not just a bar, um, not just an audience, of a cocktail competition to be able to host while talking about booze, while other things are going on. Uh, and that was really my platform to then come to London Still wanted to do these events, did a few for Martin Miller's, and then the gin journey epiphany hit me, and it was like, This is what I'm going to do. Um, spoke to my friend who was uh, gave me a, a little bit of funding, Is also my accountant, um, who oh, no. lives around the corner from me yeah. in Leicester, or uh, well, his parents still live around the corner from my parents. I said, what, what do you reckon? We were starting Ludgate Circus, um, in, funnily enough, a little, you know, one of the chain restaurants, Leon. Um, I'm saying one of those, and I told him my idea, I said, This is what I want to do, and he said, Is it going to work and I was like, without a doubt, I have full confidence that this is going to work. Um, and the next day, I told the guys at the distillery that I was going to pursue the gin journey on independent terms, you uh, know, it was all go from there. Oh,
1: wait, and the ginger mm. this is. Um, your passion and, and what, what is it can you
0: tell me so Gin Journey is basically a posh bar crawl um, you're on the best bar crawl you'll ever go on you um, start in you know a lovely cocktail bar and throughout the evening you go through five of those including a distillery um, and you learn all about the history of gin you learn about the production of gin you try lots of different lovely gins so five different gins in uh, five different bars so one gin in each bar and then you have a cocktail to go along the gin uh, while you're learning all about the gins that you're drinking, as well. So it's basically like um, spirit tasting, slash posh bar, or slash night out. Um, and how
1: do you get the history in? Because you said before that you love the history of
0: it. So the history comes in in a form of quiz. Uh, is that I. So my dad used to be a teacher. So did my mum, so did my stepmom. So I come from a family of teachers. So I always thought I'd make quite a good teacher. Uh, but my dad always said, whatever you do, don't be a teacher. <laughs> because he just didn't like, you know, all the... He liked teaching, but he just didn't like the hierarchy, didn't like the groups the, the you had to jump through, and he said, don't do it. And I said, well, I thought I'd make a good one, so I was like, right, I'll just teach people about gin and charge them for it, so... Um, this is my kind of teaching people about a world that I enjoy that I love Um, and we do the teaching bit about gin we try to make it as fun as possible I've been to so many beer wine masterclasses where they can be quite drab can be in quite a warm stuffy room it can be room temperature stuff coming your way that didn't taste that good so I try to strip that away make it fun make people enjoy the drinks they're trying and uh, yeah bring a laugh to it so we give out prizes during the the gin history Um, whoever gets my little question about the history of gin right, wins a little bit of gin.
1: And what is it about the history of gin that you love so much?
0: It's connection with London and with Britain and uh, the turbulent times it's gone through uh, with London and Britain and it's kind of it's rise from the ashes so it having a torrid time and being pretty terrible and being pretty much the spirit of the devil that it was seen in the early 1700s to forming into one of the most beautiful spirits on the market now and the basis of some of the greatest classic cocktails in the world being the original spirit for the martini being the spirit for the Negroni being the spirit for the Martinez being a spirit that got worldwide fame coming from London and making it into American cocktail books on being the, the spirit you should choose for these well-regarded, absolute household classics of a cocktail.
1: This year, you were the imbibe imbi- Innovator of the Year. Can you tell me how you got that?
0: that was very fun it's nice to be regarded in that manner um, Imbibe UK is an online and paper magazine for the entree and they uh, had a personality of the year awards um, so they got pub uh, personality of the year restaurant, hotel and then there's bar and they decided that I was the most innovative person of the past year in, uh, in the whole booze category Category, which was pretty, pretty cool considering pretty the amount of uh, yeah, well considering the amount of innovation going on um, in the UK in, in booze now, uh, and London probably being the leader in, in innovation, along with New York and, and probably Tokyo and a couple of other places. Um, I, I was pretty proud about that. You know, it's you cool. Reasons?
1: other than you are a a storyteller and it's a wonderful tour, is that you are now not only doing
0: it in London, you're doing it in other places. I think that's it, yeah. Uh, I mean, London was the starting point and was very important and we never want to get away from London. But I think taking it to the other cities, Manchester, Liverpool and Edinburgh, and it being successful has really paid uh, dividends for, for what we do. Also... Um, launching the Negroni journey to doing a cocktail on um, a classic which is not quite everyone's favourite you know it kind of uh, it splits the group Right down the middle. Bite. Yeah, it has a bite. It
1: has a bite. Yeah,
0: some people are disgusted by the mere presence of the Negroni, uh, but some people absolutely love the stuff and, and kind of, whatever the Negroni die by the side of them. Um, and um, bringing a tour just for a cocktail like that um, to London, I think, was uh, hopefully what, what worked in my favour as well
1: is so connected with London how do you bring that feel to the other cities where it's less connected
0: Um, we find a connection (laughs) we dig deep Um, so Manchester has the Bridgewater Canal uh, which was the motorway for trade during the uh, 1800s, and many much of that trade was botanicals was making its way down to Warrington and then to Manchester. Um, also, you know, the historical context is important, but so is, so is the present day. Um, since I started the tour in Manchester, we it's developed so much. It's only been going just over a year, but we now have two gins locally to the area that we can showcase on the tour. So I'm showc- showcasing two friends of mine's gins. You know, it's quite a quite a bit of a tiny industry that we have. two people I know that are making Manchester gins I've known for years uh, but they've popped up and they've they've created these gins so we want to tell the story of that Liverpool um, it has got an amazing connection once again it's one of the biggest ports um, that Britain has had um, during the uh, 17 Liverpool had an absolutely budging, um botanical trade they even have their own botanical museum so Cocktail Kate who's my partner in crime in Liverpool um, she was the first person to ever work for the Gin Journey and she's now a partner with me for Liverpool um, she went and did lots of research and found out some incredible stuff about of gin in Liverpool so, so that was great and then Edinburgh I mean Scotland produces two thirds of uh, the gin coming out of Britain I don't think that
1: many people know
0: that. Probably don't. It's a bit of an unknown fact. But well,
1: it's whiskey, obviously, yes. Yeah,
0: and you think gin, London Dry is what you think, right? So you think it all comes from there. A little bit of a fib, that one. London Dry gin doesn't have to come from London. It can come from anywhere in the world. Um, it's the style of gin. But um, Scotland produces a lot of a gin. Scotland was also nice little fun fact is that most of the gin that was being made in London during the 1800s was using a Scottish base spirit because um, the taxation on Scottish neutral spirit was a lot lower than making it in England because um, the economy in Scotland the king wanted to boost it at the time so he brought taxation down so a lot of the london gins would buy the alcohol from scotland and then turn it into their gin so much of the gin drank around the world would have started with the scottish spirit and then scottish gins now are some of the most characterful in the world I'm I,
1: there isn't a fight about that kind of like the cornish pasty exactly so yeah it yeah
0: there probably has been a few bunches swung um <laughs> But um, but yeah, Scottish gins are incredible. Like I, I love them because they really tell a story of where they're from, and much like the whiskies. You can get them in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so gins like Caroon or Rock Rose, Darnley's View, Porter's, Pickering's, all great great gins that you'll be able to find in London now. Um, but a lot of the whisky distilleries will now produce a gin as well. So you know they already have the license. Um, they produce a load of whisky, buy a, buy a gin still and, and make a tasty gin. Why not? You know.
1: Totally, why not? Exactly. You are making me so thirsty. Good. I,
0: think I need a drink. Good. Let's go do it. Bar. Let's do
1: it. I have to thank Leon for giving me a new appreciation for a spirit that is not always my go-to. I must admit, I now drink gimlets all the time. Next time on Best Sips, we go back to Champagne with Jean-Christophe Grimelet whose father took a chance and started a new label in a super crowded market and made it a huge success. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar.